An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Code Baby Chuck, the 24 karat closer. What did you say you wanted to be called, Chuck? People don't know yet. It's coming out Friday. I can't remember your other name that you said you wanted to be the called. Code Baby Chuck. Defend the serpent brunch hottie. My Panther podcast coming up on Friday. Uh, Jomi, the explainer, Adinaron, who could also be known as Okula Kula Khan. Steve, the architect, Almond. AKA and, Everett Ross. AKA Everett Ross. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> the colonizer. I'll take that one. <laughs> um, and of course, it's me, Old Man Van, he of the receding resurgent hairline. Together, we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. I have to follow us on socials, okay? If you can bear Twitter today with all the election stuff, I hope you guys got out and voted. You know what I mean? And I hope you voted right. I don't I don't just think it was okay that you went out and voted, that you participated. I have people that either you voted for them and they were the right people or you suck. But I'm not going to get into it. Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, save Jomi's job. Uh, go on TikTok and run it up now because it's going to be illegal in six months. They're not going to fuck with TikTok anymore, guys. It's <laughs> almost over. Programming reminders. Okay, tomorrow evening, the Midnight Boys will be giving you their instant reactions to Black Panther Wakanda forever. Don't want to miss this podcast. Let me tell you guys something right now. Black Panther Wakanda forever uh, is a movie that almost broke the Midnight Boys. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I I really had to like, oh, no, 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 no. My bad. I'm public apology. I was going at bed. I got a bad text, and I was at that man's neck. My like, bad. Black Panther, Waka- Black Panther Wakanda forever is the spiciest mid. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> there, there were apologies. Yeah. There were what, Popeyes what, rolled out the spicy after. hot chicken sandwich. Uh, nah, I mean, like, we were in there, what, for like 2.30? Like, yeah, woo. Guys, a lot of the movie. And the, the thing is, we all liked it. We all like the movie. We just like each other right now. But we asked a lot of questions, and those questions drew battle lines. You know what I mean? Okay. 
Uh, Friday, the House of R will be giving you their deep dive into episode 10 of Andor, uh, maybe the greatest show that's ever been produced. Monday, the House of R returns to give you their deep dive on Wakanda forever. That's going to be a long one. And I'm wondering, because I was with Mallory Rubin when Wakanda forever was seen. I'm so interested in seeing uh, what the House of R has to say about Wakanda forever. I'm so interested in seeing it. On today, today's show. We're giving you guys instant reactions to episode 10 of Andor. And before we get into it, because, of course, I turned over to Chuck real quick. Got to do the spoiler warning. But I'm just going to chastise you guys one more time. That's what old men do. They chastise young people. If you're fucking missing out on Andor and you're not putting Andor to the top of the heap, you're part of the problem. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm sick of you guys complaining about everything. You complain, complain, complain. You complain about Boba Fett. You complain. And I'm not saying all stuff wasn't but worth complaining about. But God damn it, it's right here for you. It's right here for you. Everything. The best. The best. And you're not, and I don't, I don't hear you. Hey, Star Wars fans, I don't hear you. Oh, <laughs> <Lord> warning. <laughs> We're getting ready to talk about Cassian Ander. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Of course, to begin our reaction, we have to make sure you are in the know. And the only way to do that is to listen to Midnight Manifest with Chuck Coke, baby Chuck, the 24 care closer. Charles, take it away. This is the Midnight Manifest for Andor, One Way Out, directed by Put It In My Veins, Toby Haynes, written by Bo Williman. We start. My man Andor is up in Kino's grill. He's had enough. It's shit or get off the pot time, baby. It's Wentworth Miller. I just tatted the whole prison break on my fucking back time, baby. What does Andor tell my man Kino as he starts panicking? Power doesn't panic. Let's fucking go. Kino and Andor go back to their cells and the boss man finally gets with the program. It's time. The next day, the breakout commences and Andor was right. There weren't enough guards. No one was expecting this shit. Quickly, the prisoners overrun Narkina 5. It's mayhem. And Kino and Andor get to the big boy command center and after dispatching the guards, the moment arrives, bro. Kino... He's B-Rabbit in 8 Mile. <laughs> He's got mom spaghetti on his prison uniform. It's now or never. And all I got to say about this tour de force speech by Andy Circus is one way motherfucking out. But in the saddest Star Wars moment of all time. <laughs> oh, God. I can't believe they did it. <laughs> this motherfucker can't swim, bro. I almost threw my remote at the TV. I couldn't believe it. Sorry. I'm sorry to interject the I'm sorry. I'll catch and then I saved the best for last, yo. You get to Luthen. My man finally handled business. Dripped out and head to toe Raph Simmons. He meets with Lonnie, a mole. The rebellion placed inside the empire that's cracking under the pressure. And Luthen got to give a big boy speech now. Jay-Z dynasty intro level monologue. When the mole has the audacity to ask Luthen 
what he sacrificed, Luthen says, nigga, everything. Mm -hmm. Luthen says, I share my dreams with ghosts. <sighs> Bruh, I chills. I don't know. Greatest Star Wars speech ever, maybe? Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> this has been your Midnight Manifest. We have to get to this episode. I have never loved an episode of TV as much as Real quick, though, Charles, you missed the uh, part with Marn Mothma's meeting. No, nah, that, that's on the scrappy. I didn't miss that shit. I had to get in my real shit. We'll talk about Marn Mothma. Tell him about his manifest. What are you doing? Run the Oh, that my goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Tell us, man. About his manifest. Um, all right. Uh, Charles, take it away. Standout moments in the episode. It's, it's all for you. Here's the thing. In the last month, I've had two transformational experiences when I viewed art. The don't first do one. Oh, don't, don't, Charles, please, bro. No, it's not. I promise it's not. I promise it's not. Do you trust the, me? Do you my trust finger's me? on the button, Charles. No, yeah. no, no, no. I trust okay. Trust okay. Fingers on the button. The first one, I'm being dead serious, was when I walked into the Sistine Chapel and I looked up at that fucking painting and I was okay. like, Fuck right. goddamn! Right. I was just Thank like, I, for those uninitiated, we were worried that Black Adam was going to make it. <laughs> right, right. I, was about to say, I honestly on, wanted bro. to switch it to Black Adam so much. <laughs> I know guys, you were, but I did it. Sure. When I looked at the Sistine Chapel, it was like one of those moments where you look at art and you were like, "My problems are insignificant. Humans are capable of so much beauty. Uh, I love being alive in this world." And the second time I was transformed by art was. Watching Luthen's speech, it kept getting better. It was like every single time I thought it was going to end and I'm like, this is the greatest shit ever. And then he would say a new line where I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like what, what type of TV show? Like to the reason it was so electric to me, so uh, like just alchemy to me is because we see Skarsgård doing what I think no Star Wars thing has ever done showing you the actual toll of a rebellion. Luthen tells them, like, I've had to use the enemy's weapons to do what I'm doing. He's, he's destroyed emotionally. His soul is destroyed. He's not coming out of this alive. He's given everything to his dream. This is it. It's destroyed him. He's just as evil as the Empire, but he doesn't care. Because to win freedom on this scale, he's willing to do what has to be done for the galaxy. And I cannot, like, I want to hear y'all, but when I watched that, this was an amazing episode. Circus killed it. Fucking Diego Luna killed it. But that speech where I was like, this is why the Midnight Boys exist. This is why Phantom exists. This is why I do this shit. I love this fucking episode. What Luthen's speech did was something that's very difficult to do. Um, <clears throat> Luthen's speech created, in my opinion, a, a, like an unmissable watershed moment in Star Wars fandom. Ooh, it made that. this show, to me, uh, an unmissable, essential piece of Star Wars fandom. Luthen explained the reason why the show Andor exists. He explained it. That speech, not necessarily that was in its intention, but very rarely in uh, um, 
in a piece of art, in a piece of movie, media, television, movie, whatever, do you get a scene that so clearly uh, gives you the reason why a show exists and why it's important, especially in a prequel when we know how the story ends? The difference between the heroes that we first met and the heroes that we're meeting now is that the heroes we first met get to win. Mm. Like, so the, the stories that we follow, uh, Han, even Anakin, who, who lives to see the death of the emperor, the emperor, right? Um, Han, Leia, Chewie, the core of those guys, the core of those guys, like, they get to win. And that changes their existence. Like, fundamentally. Of course, we have sequel movies where there's some losses, but fundamentally, their existence is changed. Their existence is, it's hinged upon, like, that speech that Luthen gave, it challenges hope. Either it challenges hope or it punches steroids into hope depending on the way that you look on look at it, right? Yeah. Because the hope that you would have to have in order to strip your existence down into what he stripped his down to uh, with the words that he said, it would have to be all hope or all hate or all rage or all understanding, all love or all hate. But it's an absolute for sure. And we didn't really get to exist in absolutes with the original Star Wars. Uh, we had people that, yeah, they hated the Empire, but they loved Darth Vader in terms of Luke Skywalker, right? Sure, there were. Oh, no you mean abs- Anakin? Oh, excuse me. I'm talking about Anakin. Oh, I'm talking Luke, about Luke. Luke loving Anakin. Luke, yeah, I got Luke, you. Luke, like you, they hated the Empire, but they loved. We loved a lot. We've been taught in Star Wars that absolutes are evil. This show exists completely in the gray area of what you are willing to do. You can't be absolute good. You can't be absolute evil in this world. There is just a mission and mission accomplishment. So to me, watching Luthen contextualize what we're watching when we're watching this, uh, this beginning of the rebellion stuff, we're watching the people who have to lose We're watching the people who have to come to terms with loss. We're watching the people who don't get to see the the celebration with the Ewoks on Endor. They never even get there. They don't even get close to that. There are no songs for them. There's no remembrance for them. There's no nothing. And in every struggle, everywhere, those people exist. Everywhere. They don't write no songs about them. They just got to fucking get to it. You don't get to be a force ghost. Right. And you don't get none of that. And like he's looking at that guy and he's and he's really telling him, yo, man, Lonnie. By the way, just to have a nigga in Star Wars named Lonnie. You know what I mean? You know what I, mean? Like, I look at all the names that they have. Like, that they have like yeah, this Star guy's Wars. getting his ass handed to him named yeah, Lonnie. You, Lonnie? You thought you were going to come? You know what I'm saying? Lonnie? Come on, Lonnie. It's like He's looking at him. He's like, yo, how... Dare you? <laughs> he doesn't need to say how dare you, because like everything that he calls this is just like, yeah, this is the laundry list of what I've given. Yeah. So, um, but that that's 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 oh, that, you were spitting, man. Yeah, this yeah, shit yeah. brought a different side out of you. Nah, man. Like, yo, I'm gonna keep it like 
Andor is that shit, bro. Like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, bro. Andor, Andor, Andor is that shit, man. And like this shit, I, I, I can't like I, I, I ran this shit back three times. I'm like, I know they not fucking with me like this. You know what I mean? Like, Andor is that shit, man. I'm not even. I'm not gonna hold you. And think about when, when like they strategically use and show us this moment in Luthen's arc when like he tell he's telling us all of these things that he's sacrificed in parallel to a prison break, in parallel to people knowing that people aren't going to get out. We see people get shot down. We see bodies pile on top of each other so that thousands can leave. We see bodies pouring out into the water in that prison, and we see one guy who can't make it, one guy who won't get to see what freedom looks like. And then we see Luthen being like, I know exactly what my score is. I'm damned for what I do. Yeah. And I know that I won't see that sunrise. And it's like, it's exactly the right place to show that because we have seen so many people lay down their lives just to show everybody what that hope could look like, to see what everybody else can do in the face of all of that. And it, it's such a perfectly poetic episode. Like, we don't really need that much, like, dialogue or plot when we have Luthen basically giving us the thesis of what they, we have just seen go down in this prison. Mm. You guys are telling the truth right now, you know? I burned my decency for someone else's future. I burned my life to make a sunrise I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. It doesn't get better than that, ladies and gentlemen. It Do you think he wrote that? Do you think he like prepared that shit, or was he just like right nah, straight off the, off the dome? You know what I'm right saying? Off the mixtape. No, Wayne. this yeah. was mixtape Wayne level shit. He's <laughs> like, nah, bro. Just put me in the booth. Steve, don't Steve, don't Steve, don't ruin Luther's speech, bro. I'm not trying to ruin Luther's <laughs> speech. I'm just like, it's so good. He was not <laughs> out there taking notes. He hey, prepped yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah. Steve, nah. Steve, Steve saw the, one of his own having a moment. He's like, not on my. Not yet. Don't ruin Luther's speech, bro. Like Luther was reading off teleprompter, or like the lady that works in the shop was behind him going. Where he's got like the notepad, yeah, like, like, the notepad. <laughs> sunrise that we'll never see. Like uh, yeah. that's his. He, the, the, that's his life. That's his, that's his life. He's talking about. Go exactly. ahead, Joan. I'm sorry. Now you're straight in. And in that moment, you're just like, yeah, this is this is real life. Like, this is what we're here for. And even with all that, in this same episode, we still got one way out. One, one way, way out. 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 out. <laughs> you got to think about it. You got to think. You know how that Luther speech was so good, so clever, so well done. You forget that. 15 minutes ago, Andy Circus was in that booth spinning. You forget that Andy Circus and Diego Luna were carrying, were putting the people on their backs to get them out of that prison. What an episode of television. We're we're lucky. I'm so I feel so lucky to exist at the same time as this show. Thank you, Tony Gilroy. You didn't have to bless us like this. And yet here we are. <laughs> So let's do this. So we've talked about Luther's speech. We've jumped it. We've jumped the document a little bit. So, <laughs> a so, lot of it. A so, lot of it. Okay. 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 So because the speech is so good <laughs> that we're forgetting that there are, like, like Jomi's point, other fantastic moments from this. Almost every single scene, we get 
every single scene is a fantastic moment. You know, we do go back uh, to Ferrix really quickly. Wait, Kathleen's whole world is Ferris, right? Kathleen's yeah. So we do go back to Ferris really quickly. And uh, so there's not much there. We do get a great scene with Mom Mothma. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on it. Sorry, I didn't put them in the Midnight Manifest. We have, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But in terms of things that st- stuck out, question. Before we move off our immediate reactions, which, of course, we were blown away by the speech, was this the best episode so far? Hell yes. Easily. Yes. Easily. Absolutely. Which is insane to think about because, like, it, it, it's it, like literally, the, what's the best episode of Andor? The last one we saw. Like, that's been the answer every time. Wait, it's so can great. I ask this? I, this is a spoiler alert for our Black Panther Wakanda forever. Am I so crazy now for saying Andor's top three Star Wars? Hmm. I mean, we got to see I, No, you're not. I say, I feel like it's in the conversation. Yeah, we got to see the whole thing. So let me ask you, okay. let's, put a, let's put a pin in that and right. then come back to it. Let's, let's put a pin in that and come back to it. All right? But, it, but I, it, I feel you, though. I feel you, though. You might have had, had a fucking scream. I feel you. Let's put a pin in that. In terms of this being the best episode so far, like Steve said, we say it every week. But I remember somebody on Twitter was like, man, just finished episode three. This is the best thing I've ever seen. In we say Android. that for every episode. I, like, but I, it's, it's literally the, the last the one that we saw. It's like, <laughs> did you think I, yeah, after the eye we would I get something like this? Like is, this. It doesn't get better at all. Yeah, this is, this is it right here. This is, this is great. If they don't give me anything more than this, I'm okay. I love it. I'm, I'm in. And for them, every single week, it's just like, we just get started, baby. We just get started, baby. It, it's great, man. I, I'm loving the show, man. There's nothing else to say. Before we get off instant reactions, I do have to ask, do you think like some of the other Star Wars creators, like, can you imagine if you was working on like another show that came out and then they like gave you some screens like, yo, you want to see what we're working on with Andor? But you I'd know be what? so pissed. I'd be like, fuck this. But you know what? I don't think they want to do this. Like, I think Gilroy is, I think the reason why Gilroy is so successful at doing this is because he wants to. I don't think mm. the other Star Wars creators want to do, and I'm not talking about want to make a good show. They all want to make a good show, but like they want to be, they don't want to be knuckleballers. They want to be, they don't want to be outside of the thing. They want to throw fastballs. They want to give mm. you the same Star Wars feeling that you've always had. And some of them are su- successful in doing that, right? Uh, Mandalorian is successful in giving you that same Star Wars situation where a Jedi saves the day or where it's about all these interpersonal relationships and it's kind of, that's it in a different way. Ahsoka's probably going to want to do that in a different way. I don't think they want to do what he's doing. I think the reason why Gilroy's shit is working so well is because he is seeking to do something totally different. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they would be jealous. You you hit you hit it right on the head, man. Because Gilroy's been very like public about the fact that like Disney has been courting him ever since Rogue One to make a show, to make a Star Wars show involving Andor, and they've been pitching him on different scenarios. And he had actively been disinterested in the types of fare that Disney was interested in giving him. So in his response to Disney after all of this time, he's just like, I don't like any of this this is what you should do. And basically wrote a treatment for what Andor is now. And then that allowed him to basically get carte blanche creatively to make the show that he wanted to. And it's, I think his lack of interest in the typical Star Wars fair that we get 
that allowed him to make something that's this incredible because we've never seen something like this. And he is actively interested in only giving us something that is interesting to himself. And I, I, I loved it. I've loved every second. Do you guys remember Star Wars Galaxies? Is that a Power Rangers spinoff? Power Rangers Lost Galaxy? Galaxies? No, Star Wars. It's the Galaxies. online game. Yeah, the online game where you. Yeah, like, yeah, the MMO. It was like a, the big MMO. Okay. So, yeah, that was the first MMO that they did. Yeah. Right. So, like back in the day, there was Star Wars Galaxies, and we all were gonna live in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and it was all of this stuff. It was great. I, I, <laughs> I loved it. It was big. It's what we had. Yeah. No, I'm looking the, at this shit right now. <laughs> God damn, man! Yeah. What are these graphics? Shut up, bro. This was this was, was like it, when WoW like was first popping off and everybody was making an MMO so that right. they were like actually, they, this, wait, I apologize. This actually don't look that bad. What what year was this? 2003. Okay, 2003. this don't look bad. Continue. Uh, early 2000s or something like that. Um so you know, you're trying to get a character in Star Wars Galaxies and you're and a lot of people wanted their 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 character to be force sensitive because like, everybody wanted to be a Jedi. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to be a Jedi. But I started to have a lot of respect for the people who didn't want that. For people who wanted to be, like, bounty hunters or smugglers or entertainers or traders or bartenders or whatever, who just wanted to really exist inside of the lore and didn't have to be a force sensitive, right? And didn't have to be all of that stuff. I was like, it takes more than what we know, than what it takes us, it takes more than what mystified us as children about this lore to continue to expand the world into being a rich world. That's why I think everybody has their job. The expansion of the more lyrical parts of Star Wars is incredibly important. I want to see more Jedi stories. That's why Tales from the Jedi or Tales of the Jedi, like, it captivated me so much. I want to see more of that stuff. But somebody had to do this work. Like, this part of it, the the grimy shit, like, somebody had to do this work. And I think that's the hole that was missing. Nobody was trying to do this. Everybody was trying to be, well, you know, like, they, we always say, like, I, I wanted to meet George ever since I was two years old. And I drew it like, nah, somebody had to come in and go, look, there's parts of this universe that are fucking ugly and soul crushing. Let's make a show about those things. Mm-hmm. And that's what Andor has come. And it's like the tension. I haven't felt tension like this in the show, period, bruh. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. 
We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Your prison break. Wow. Yeah. All gas, no brakes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Can we just say oh, and, yeah. or, and or getting into Kino's face like, don't punk out. It is time. What a way to start that episode. It, right? was, it was like, I was I like, th- what the fuck? I thought this was like the next day, but it turns out it was like 60 seconds after. <laughs> yeah. The last episode where they're just like waiting to go back to their cells and they're like, you got to fuck like it's right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like they, they have a situation. He's gone. Olaf has died and there's going to be a new guy and it's our chance to look. You now know that we're not getting out of here. So another thing that the show does does so well is just kick the viewer and the rest of the characters in the ass with this unshakable reality. Like, the same way that we felt when it was, we were like, wait, he's going to jail for that? Is the same way that Kino should have felt knowing that everything he was, is a lie. This is what you have to do. This is the way out. Can you do it? Is what the, is what the show's asking him. And then from there, we just out of here, Charles. I mean, here's the thing. I also want to say, what I loved about this prison break is like if you watch enough prison movies or enough prison TV shows, sometimes you don't ever get that fear of when the prison break is about to happen. Like people are going to get, are either going to die, they're gonna, there's danger to this. And throughout this episode, the tension of like you realizing, oh no, it, this is, they're being real. Everybody we've grown to love, all of these different characters are not going to make it. Nobody, like it's not going to be a 100% success rate. Everybody signing up for this thing is doing it knowing full well that I'm fighting for the whole. Like, it was beautiful when you're seeing the other prisoners go to the other floors and be like, yo, we're freeing you. Take the guns. It's time. Let's go. I was, I felt for every single prisoner who got shot, I was, it hurt. I was like, fuck, that man's not getting that. Fuck, this man. And by the time you do get to Kino, that's the cherry on top where you're like, you realize the level of sacrifice that people had to go through just so all of these people could get out. That's was, but that's that's the show though. When I saw the when I saw when I saw the water dripping down. Oh yeah. Oh. That's literally hope dripping down to the next yeah. group of guys. That's that's what Star Wars is. That's what this show is doing. The show is doing, hey. Somebody had to do the heavy lifting for you to push the emperor into the thing. Your destiny is not just made by you. In order for you to have your destiny, in order for you to have your freedom, somebody has to get shot trying to attack 
a prison guard, I knew that that black guy was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you called it. You called it last I week. I knew that he was going to die. Really got really quick. We got to do this as uh, the resident black nerd podcast out there. There's a lot of great black nerd podcasts out there. I got. Oh say no, 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 no! I'm not discounting. Y'all are doing great work. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, I just want to say, right? This show does not have a good track record. We're killing all black dudes. Nah. Because, bruh, like, the minute he starts running up the shit, I'm like, he's out of here. Like, I, I Google well, it's, it's him and Cassie, and I'm like, well, we know who's living. I, yeah, Google, like, no, I Google Gilroy to see if there was any questionable shit. I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Bruh. Yes, I did. Like, when, like when, when, when that dude when that dude got killed, I was like. You went flying, by the way. Let me just make sure. Because this is like. Getting a little, because it seemed like somebody would stop this, like you know, in the, <laughs> on the on the crew or whatever. So I'm like, but hey, I don't know if you know, but like, a little melanin losing streak here. Maybe we should switch this up. <laughs> Is you this know? the third mm. black dude that we've seen die yeah, and get shot? <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. it's yeah. rough. It's grim, right? That I mean the prison break. It, it's great, and Cassian. And Kino have that moment. We see it. Cassian sets it to Kino right after they see Olaf die. And then when Kino's giving the speech, he repeats it back to him. I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. Mm. Bar. 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 <laughs> and, you, and we see Kino. He's struggling at first. Like, first he's like, I, I don't know if I can do it. And Cassian's like, like, that's it's gotta the best be you. you got? It's got to be you. You know, you're the guy who sets the tone. You're the guy who brings that brings out the best in all of us. If it's if it's not you, it's not going to get done. You know, and and Kino he digs deep and he channels some of Cassian. They literally what Cassian told him, and he rallies the entire group of group of workers together against the the bite. Who, by the way, we're in the closet hiding. We're Freddy cats. That was great. I'm gonna like, I'm, I'm keep it real with y'all. If I was one of the guards, I would have said, fuck this shit. I'd start handing out the oh, guns too. I'm like, yeah. yo, they don't pay me enough for this shit. Also, can oh, I yeah. just say really quick as well, the a little thing that happened where I was just like, this is so genius is that these prisoners have been stripped of so much of their humanity. And we've seen it for the last three episodes. And when they're walking, like the PA system is like, all right, y'all. There's no more communicating, even as the day crew and the night crew are seeing each other. Like, if you've ever worked a job, like, I've worked many a job where, like, I was, like, the 5 a.m. person, or I was the person that was leaving at 2 a.m. And, you know, you chop it up with whoever's coming in after you. What kind of tough-ass like, life did you have, nigga? This nigga, <laughs> this nigga pulled himself up by his bootstraps like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> Let's just say they did not. They did right. not want a nigga on those uh, on the registers at Old Navy. They like right. unpack right. these boxes, bro. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, <laughs> sorry, bro. But but you have to think about like how the level of like you're not even human anymore. If your captors are literally like you can't even communicate with each other anymore. Like we're squashing this shit, and that clued me into, I'm like, oh, the guards are really scared. Like, Cassian is right. They know that it's only going to take one conversation for this yep. powder keg to explode. So, there's something else here. When we talk about the prison break, it's, it's if you're going, so the Empire is 
so arrogant and so short-sighted that they think fear can fear is the only ingredient need, ingredient needed to uh, achieve all their goals. We've seen this before in the real world, right? We've seen this before. Like, there's bullies that are around, and don't get me wrong. Some of them bullies will beat your motherfucking ass. I used to tell my um my my nephews and stuff like you just gotta you know attack the bully. I'm like, okay, well look. You guys see it on the thing that sometimes you pop the bully and the bully cowers. But I'm like, it's going to be some of those bullies that you're going to pop and they're going to be like, let's get busy. So just make sure you're ready to get busy, all right? But there are bullies and are people who use fear to control. And once that fear is gone, it's gone. Once the veneer, no disrespect to Mike Tyson, but once people stopped being afraid of him, once it was like, oh, this is the guy that knocked him the fuck out. It was like, there's a way to beat him. Go in there and don't try to survive. Try to win. That is the difference that what, what we saw here. These guys were trying to survive inside of there because they thought that that was their only option. Yeah. That, it turned out that wasn't an option. Nobody was going to survive. No one was going to survive, right? So when surviving was taken off the table, they had to win. And when they had to win, they needed somebody. And this just shows you about casting. We haven't talked about what this specifically means about... Cassian's character. Cassian's character is determined on surviving. He's determined on finding a way around shit. And he's just, he's not a cuck. He's not somebody that is going to, I mean, he's, he's not. He's not a cuck. Cassian is not, Cassian is not a cuck. He's not wide-eyed looking to the stars for his next adventure. He's like, yo, how the fuck are we going to get out of here? Like, like, seriously, like, he's not, he's not, it's, it's, it's real. It's tangible. This building is falling apart. They're not listening to us. Pick your head up and pay attention to the signs. There's a way out of this. And if you were going to fight a rebellion, that's who you need. You need, you need all the other stuff, but you also need somebody that goes, hey, man, what's the best way to win? Like, when he walks into them and he <laughs> walks in there and he's, he's looking at, um, he's looking at Val and the other black guy who can't remember his name, they killed the brother after two episodes. But <laughs> they, they're looking at them and he goes, and he's looking at them, he's like, you guys don't know what you're doing. He's like, I'm going to fly. And so he's mad that they don't have a solution. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fly it. But you guys don't know what you're doing. Fuck it. Let's find a way out. And with the prison break, I got to talk about it at the end. Your man can't swim. It's the toughest break I've seen Steve, have you seen a tougher break? Like, here's, so- the, here's what kills me. He knew he couldn't swim. And he still broke out of prison. He still led that prison break. Well, he didn't know how they was going to do it. He, he might have thought there was going to be some He knew there was one way out. He said it. He knew the way out. I thought they were going to have some ships. I'll be honest. I'm like, y'all ain't got I no ships was, I, I really didn't know they was going to have to swim. There's no ships. I didn't know they was going to have to swim. All the way to the thing. Wait, can I yeah. get out? Can I quarter flip really, really quick? Uh, okay, really, really quick. I love this show. This show is perfect. This is a perfect hour of TV. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I don't know if all them motherfuckers can swim that far. When I saw how far shore was, that's a I'm, far swim. I'm like, that's a far. If you've ever had to like swim, like I'm just like, dog. Well, I mean, like we, we only we, saw two people on the show. We only saw two people. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, like, that I mean, not true. to say that everybody perished, but, like, they probably right. went their separate ways after that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's all two people that on the shore. That is true. And uh, there's got to be some kind of gnarly Star Wars creature in that water. I know it's some kind of 
fucking Ugh, dragon. Man. You know what I mean? He's like some, some kind some of sea dragon that Star Wars is hiding from us. Um, no. seeing seeing Kino up there, like just terrified. Like you see in his eyes, like everybody's moving past him. He's like, I can't swim. No, I, uh, I think his his face said so much. Like I feel like he genuinely was okay with knowing that he couldn't swim, because like what Cassian said before, whatever happens now, just know that we made it. And like that's to say that even if you didn't make the swim out to shore, you're free. But here's the thing: even if Kino dies now, I think there is a power to dying on your own terms. And I think he's free is, for sure. Yeah, he's and free. This is of course literally, literally what I think a lot of this episode is interrogating. To your point, Vin, you were talking about like, yo, once the Empire strips you of everything, once you know you are going to die inside, there's no way out. Everything that was keeping these people in here was a fear of death. Once you know that your death is 100% going to happen if you don't do anything, it's like, I'm not afraid of anything. I would Mm -hmm. rather die of my own accord than die a slave. And that's what I think is like, Kino, like, even though it's so heartbreaking to see him, like, I can't swim. Hey, he's not a prisoner anymore. He's he's got a little bit of a smile on his face when he says that. And I'm like, fuck. The question is, do do you jump anyway? I don't know. All right, here's the I thing. Jump. Would you? I would jump. I would jump. I'll tell you why. Because I got to yeah. take my chances that I'm going to figure yeah. it out. You know what I mean? I, like, it, it's, I, 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 I don't know. know. Drowning sucks. Drowning is bad. Drowning sucks. I know, but it's mad guys down there that might be able to help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like, I you, suppose. You, so, so I got to take my chances that, that I'm going to be able to figure it out. Or you go on some Jason Bourne shit. You grab the chopper. But you can't even go back through there because there's too many guys coming out now. I know, exactly. yeah. It's like a flood of dudes just coming out of the one all right, side. Because here's the thing. I was going to say, is there any way that, like, if you're in that situation, you're like, all right, I got to find something buoyant here. I got, like, 20 minutes. Like, can I jam I'm not MacGyver. Nah, that's not happening. That's the thing, gotta... though. He can't really go back and look at stuff because the guards yeah. are there. And once they'll come out, they'll just kill him anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'd, so rather, it... I'd rather die by laser like laser shot than drowning i feel like drowning is way more painful sure, i'll tell you drown- what i wouldn't want is that dude that got shocked while the floor was wet Ooh, that yeah. guy got it stuff <sighs> poor bastard stuff. Well, not everybody you know not everybody was i know but it, that was like that was the worst one for me i was like oh god ow real quickly though shout out to the the homeboy right low-key like not the mvp but like six man of the rookie of the year the dude the new new guy on the floor Oh, yeah. He got with the program real quick. He got with it real quick. He's lucky, lucky fucking bastard. <laughs> She's just like, oh, we're doing this? All right, great. Like, imagine, like, that's like your first day of school is the last day of school. It's great. You know what I mean? Well, like, you, you die, though. <laughs> yeah, he got got. But, yeah. Wait, um, though, this is, cool. this is actually an important question before we get off this. If we're all in Narkina 5, be honest, are you one of the first motherfuckers who's like, yeah, it's a prison riot? Or are you like at the back being like, I just kind of want to see how y'all deal with this real quick. And if Yo, it's going well, I'll, I'll, like, I'll come with y'all. Never one of the first. I watched them Civil War movies and I see them like, I see like the, the guys on the front, like, like rushing out. And I'm like, you got to be a real G to be one of them motherfuckers. I'm in the middle. Like, fight, the your middle. Way, like, fight, like fight your way through. With all the muskets or whatever, you're like the using. third person yeah, to get the fight gun. Your, you're like, like fight the- your way through. Like, and I'm 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 watching. You know, I'm watching like Game of Thrones, right? And they're everybody's fighting. Ah, ah, 
now they're so excited to fight, right? They're so excited to swing a big sword at each other. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if it's me head up and with one guy, I'm like, hey, we don't got to do this. <laughs> you know? I, it's I'm like, we don't, like, we don't got to. Like, like, I don't want to get like, run over by a horse. It's like, like, you know, like we don't got to do this, man. Like, look, you go back over there with your side. I'm over here. If you if you come over here, I'm going to kill you. But who are we fighting for? So John See, I don't got the John Snow castles back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah. I can't do Battle of the Bastards. Like, if I see that shit, I'm, run, I'm like, yo... It's fine. Like, we you know, all live to fight another day. That's why I have so much respect for members of the military. I knew guys that I came up with, and it was they they wanted to go over there, and they were like, like or like Pat Tillman. I, I just like courage and honor and devotion. I can't even understand because people are like, man, you're not mad. You don't want to over, go over there and do something. I'm like, no. <laughs> I want to support you. You know what I mean? Like, nah. Every nah. time I, I watch Star a movie, I see Dallas's. like, I see like eight dudes get beat up, right? And like, it's one at a time. And if I'm like the the ninth or tenth dude, I'm like, hey man, he beat all of us. I'm going home. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. no point. Like he kicks. If he, 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 he could beat eight all. guys, he could definitely beat nine guys. Yeah, he's, he's beat, exactly. Like why am I here, bro? Let me just. Uh, I'm gonna clock out. I'll see y'all uh, on Monday. You feel the me? The Midnight like, Boys. That's me. Cowards. Okay. This look. is why yes. we'll never, we'll never get out of Narkina Five. Yeah. No. We'll let the water drip down, and we'll whoa, be like, whoa, hey, whoa. all right, great. I would be with the plan. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would be with the plan. I just have other skills. You know what right. I mean? Like I would like I would be with the plan. You getting the snacks for everybody once we get to shore? Be like the orange right. slices, because we're gonna need some calories. <laughs> you got a whole cooler ready. <laughs> uh, you you know got to get the electrolytes back in you. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're the you're the guy with like the, the Gatorade uh, table at the marathon. You're just like, yeah, yeah everybody, hey, go, keep going. Yeah, go. <laughs> like behind the, eating a Snickers ball. Like, these niggas crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to say one more thing. Cassian. A lot of shows have Cassian. Get behind the mic and deliver that speech. Yeah. Cassian knows that's not him. Mm-hmm. You know? At least at this point. We see some stuff later on. Cassian knows that's not him. And he also knows just like the instinctive way that he knows how to be destabilizing. He knows who's best suited to do that. He knows who's been doing that. He knows whose job it's been to communicate with uh, all of these prisoners. He knows who should be doing that. And he's pumping him up. That's all you got? Give me some more. Give me some more. All right, Mom Mothma is in a situation. Okay? This Davos Golden guy is a fucking freak. It's a piece of work. Good fit, though. God, man, he was so clean. I was not expecting him to be clean. I was expecting him to come in there. I thought he was going to be like a gangster looking yeah, like Yeah, I thought he was going to be like a raggedy. Tony Soprano like, no, no, he's clean. Yeah, nah, he was so clean. He was in there just talking that shit. I, this place is old. I like new shit. Got my face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I thought the scene with my Mothma was very affecting because everybody has to sacrifice everything mm. to get the job done. Luthen tells us about his sacrifice. We see what Cassian's going through. We see what some of just the people that are under the thumb of the Empire are going through. But we've seen that Mon Mothma's life is uncomfortable. But now we see 
that in order to make this rebellion go, she might have to sacrifice the one thing she never thought she would, which is to break her daughter free of a tradition that has obviously led her to a life where she's less happy than what she wanted to be. I will say that the genius thing about the Mon Mothma, to your point, what happens is like, this happens before Luthen's speech. And what are the first four words that Luthen says? He says, after Lonnie asks him, what do you sacrifice? He says, calm, kindness, kinship, and love. That speech is so important because in that moment, what does Davos say to Mon Mothma when he finally asks, hey, I, want, I don't want money. I want your daughter to marry my son. I, like, this, is, this is the power I want. In that moment, Mon Mothma has to make a decision. The decision that Luthen has already made. Luthen told y'all, I gave up kinship. I gave up love. And Davos looks at Mon Mothma and he's like, you lying. Like, that's the first, and that's the first time you lie today saying that this is off the table. Because he knows to win this rebellion, it takes people like Luthen. And this rebellion is going to corrode people in the worst way. And I love this where this ends up in the episode because you realize, oh, Mon Mothma's not Luthen yet. And that's the problem. That's why Luthen is always looking at her like, yo, you can't have it both ways. You're either all in or you're all out. And that's like, that is shows you how just much they're operating because we see how well Luthen, even in that uh, second episode, I think, or it was the third where Luthen has to do his little thing when he's like changing where he's like, he's been to people for so long and Mon Mothma's not good at it yet. You see in that moment, she's not good at it yet. People can read her. She still has things she loves. I just think this was brilliant. By the way, he's too skilled at what he does to ask her for something that he knows she's not going to do. You don't think she's going to do it? No, 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 no. He knows she'll do it. Yeah. He wouldn't come in there with, like, he wouldn't come in there with something he didn't think she was capable of because he seems to be a results-driven man. So when he when he puts it out there, he knows that that's something that she, she's willing to do. First of all, they've already showed their hand to such a degree like that that they have to be desperate. So, Big Boys, what y'all think? Uh, incredible. I it's the it's the idea that Mon is still trying to like wiggle her way around this without getting her hands dirty, without trying to go entirely by the book to just, it's just money. Like, why can't I just like, why can't this be a simple solution? Or why can't this be something that like, we don't have to deal with somebody like this? Cause she refuses this in the, in the episode prior. And you see so much weight on her face from that offer because she knows that she is the product of an arranged marriage. She does not want to do that to her daughter. She really doesn't. The type of like coercion, but also active decision making that is going on with the other two that are going with Tay and him that are trying to convince her that this is the right answer. She is finally going to see that this is going to have to be something that comes from her. Some way to get her hands dirty that won't involve her family, that she'll give up that family, she'll give up that kinship, that love that Luthen so talks about. It's a real, like, that's going to come to a head, I feel like, in these last few episodes where Mon Mothma really makes that decision about what does her family mean to her and does she outright abandon them or does she sell them up the river for the rebellion? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for Mon Mothma, it's, uh, it's put up or shut up time. 
right now. <laughs> like, it's what it is. What it is. You know, the walls are closing in. Like, what are you prepared <clears throat> to do for the rebellion? You know, Van Charles, you said it. Luther's on another level right now. She she's not there yet. That's not where that's not where she is. And unfortunately, Luther gets things done, right? Even even though he'll be like, "Oh, Donnie, was that you?" Nah, man, it wasn't me, man. You know, he, that was so yeah, smart man. of him. By the way, he's like, "We were invited, but we we don't drive based on luck." I was like, "That was you, huh?" He's like, "Nah, man, that was that's the homie down the they street." They got lucky, me? yeah. Nah, but this is we're gonna see the next. Got two more episodes left. Is Mon Mothma ready for the challenge? When push comes to shove, can she deliver? Can she do what she has to do? Her, I mean, she loves her family to some extent. Like, you know, I don't think her husband, no, no, no. But her giving her daughter for the rebellion, that's a lot to ask. Uh, wait, curse question. I have to ask y'all. Don't lie. Don't fucking lie on mic. I got to ask you. So if we're in a galaxy far, far away, if you, let's say you like a senator on the level of my Mothma and somebody comes to you and they're like, I want an arranged marriage and you know that this could save the galaxy. Are you more likely to agree if your kid has bad vibes? Like, let's say your kid is like, <laughs> like you're, let's we say don't your like kid that is kid like that much. He's like super funny. Like, let's say you got like Lil Nas X as a son, and he's like life of the party, always making you laugh. Like you, like all right, cool, like good vibes, good hang. Versus like your kid got like the worst TikTok, always just like just sucking the air out of the room. You're like, God damn, your vibes are so bad. Would, you, would it be a little bit more easy for you to be like, that's Nate. so horrible. I, I'm just asking. Um, I'm asking you the I, question. I, 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 but it's, it's, at the same no, time, wow. it's a great question. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It like, depends on how... Because her kid has bad vibes. Her kid's got bad vibes. Got bad vibes. Yeah, know? but... St- uh, yeah. No, nah, but I mean, think about it. Let's be, let's be honest, right? You have to think about how, how certain are you in this rebellion, right? Because... It's just, it's really just shot in the dark, you know. You don't know if this can work. It can ultimately backfire. You can yeah. do all the planning, all the work, put in all the hours, and ultimately fail, right? And ultimately, just be like, "Whoops." I think I think if the kids, yeah, you're probably a little bit more apt to do it. Can I ask a question about Mom Mothma's husband? What's up? Okay, is he visiting brothels? Oh well, because because of you've met my husband several times before. That line. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, is he buying? Loving oh, yeah. from Davos. Oh, all right. Let's not kink shame. There's nothing wrong with buying loving. Whoa. Nobody, nobody said oh. that. I'm just saying. I, I want to make sure. I want to make sure that ain't this and this ain't that. Never, like, never said that. I'm just saying. It seems like my mom knows. She's like, I've met your husband a bunch of times. She's like, yeah. It seems like there's something. It's like, and we're not talking about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, strip club. He's he going up. He's going crazy. He going in there. Okay. So it's because he goes, is that something that we want to? No, we don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about all the people. So my mother's family, she got a kid with bad vibes. Uh, husband that's little, probably stepping out. She's married to Charlie Sheen. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so to be like, fair hey, to the kid, to be fair to her, not the greatest set of parents, right? Like, let's be honest. My mom's she's a little distracted. She got her own thing going right. on. No, no, no. And no. the Here's dad's the a dud. Let's be honest. No, but let's be honest too. I hate when we all like, when we see a rich kid, we like, yeah, but look at the parents. I'm like, bro, give me, give me a, like a couple million, give me fifty million to grow up with. I'll raise my goddamn self. Like, see, come on. This is this is this is struggle, Charles talking. Wow. Up at five a.m. Give me a couple million, Wait. I'll raise yeah, myself. Up at, up at five a.m. <laughs> I mean, I'll ask y'all. Y'all would say no. if you could do it all over, you'd be like, 
if God's like, hey, you want to start life with 50 million? Nah, man, I can't. I can't. <laughs> was there any point that you thought Luther was going to kill Lonnie? Seriously. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. I no. thought he was. Yes. I thought, I thought he was for sure. Lonnie. I thought he was going to kill Lonnie. He was, Lonnie. he was in, he was he was in his within his right not, not within his rights, but like he had a reason to do so if he thought he was going to really leave. Yeah, he it was, was just by he just killed 50 other guys. He was going to he was going to let 50 uh, die people, just yeah. to, for this guy to stay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the way he was talking to him nice and like he t- talks about it a couple times like we can't let you go. We can't spare you. Like we know Luthen at like at his best is like scraping by, right? Like taking picking up scraps and making things happen. That's what he does. And Lonnie is an important cog in his in his system, right? You can't lose that that information. You just can't. You yeah. can't there's no way to replicate You can lose that. him if you feel like he's gonna defect. But I mean, like, I or for like me, go like, back it, to doing his other shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like Lonnie was gonna snitch, right? He said, "If it's a trap, press the thing." Da da da. Lonnie was like, "No, I'm cool. You know, I just want out because, like, I, he didn't. I mean, he just didn't want out of being with Luther. He was gonna get out the ISB as a whole, right? Yeah. And Luther was like, "My boy, it's not. It's not really how this thing's gonna go because." I need you. Without you, this whole thing doesn't work. Like, and I that's cannot. The, like, that's the genius of that scene is that, like, he doesn't need to threaten him. Not that, like, he needs to, like, because he thinks that he'll threaten him by, like, oh, you got a daughter now. Like, you must be very pleased and all these things. Like, and we think that, like, okay, like, he's got leverage on him. He'll, you know, he'll do what he says or else he'll kill him. He doesn't really need to threaten him because if he gets why Luthen is sacrificing everything. Like his sacrifice by comparison is insignificant. Like, yeah, you got a kid. Yeah. You got six years under your belt trying to pretend that you had a double life, but I've been doing that for years and I don't have anything. It's all I have. And we're looking out for you to make sure that your daughter has a father. Still, I'm giving up 50 guys for that. And we're making sure that like, he doesn't need to threaten his life to make everything clear. And you'd th- and a lesser show would do that. A lesser show would be like, you're getting, you're getting in line here. But instead, it's a reflection about what Luthen gives for all of this. And he puts him in his place. Steve reminded me of something. What's also beautiful about this episode, which shows you like how much of himself Luthen has had to lose is think about why this prison riot started. Because the Empire killed 100 people because they didn't want shit getting out. And think about what Luther says to Lonnie. He's like, fuck Krieger, fuck his 50 men. I'll gladly sacrifice 50 men. And that kind of shows you how, how much Luther, to his point, let me get what he says. What does he say about the uh, Empire? Da-da-da. I'm forced to use the tools of my enemy. Yeah, I'm forced to use the tools of my enemy. Think about that. In that moment, we are seeing Luthen say, yo, I'm exactly like the Empire. If Luthen was in, if Luthen had to sacrifice 100 men to make sure that the rebellion goes off without a hitch, he'd fucking do it. And that's what I think is so beautiful about kind of like the full circle of that moment is just like, shout out Krieger, shout out his men, but 
Luther built different. <laughs> yeah. Krieger's yeah. men will be dying to make sure he, she has a father. And right? to, th- to think of all the him. things to think of all the things that he is possibly offering him. It's like, I'm giving you Deirdre. I'm giving you like he'll give us like the seemingly end game of the show to be like, hey, these are people that are chasing you. These are the things that they're gonna be setting up. These are all the people that are gonna die in case we don't do anything. And they're like, perfect. That's an easy call. Everybody's gonna be thinking none the wiser. Like Light. we're good. Dedra episode. Yeah. No Cyril. Thank God. No, no Cyril. Cyril. Speaking of that, where do we go? This was 10. We got 12 of these, right? Yeah, yeah we got two more. So, so for some reason, you know, we've been doing three episode arcs here. No, mm-hmm. this one was four, right? This one was this one four? This one was four. Well, if we if we count the three that we've been on Narkina five. And then the one in Space Miami that was like a bit of a middle ground episode between uh, the first job and then this. We've kind of had like a middle episode and then like an initial three. So when we've had that 12, like, I don't know, we, we've got a lot of a, a bit of ground to cover. Like we've got to have Cassian. Yeah, like what Cassian's got to make contact with Luthen somehow. Probably you should. Right. Because also think about it. We're going aren't we going into the future in season two? So they have to tie everything up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they said, I think this is a Star Wars celebration. Like this season is going to be like one year, and the season two is going to be like, like the next four years. Like, yeah, on and on. So, yeah, these the, the storylines got to wrap. I mean, we still don't. I mean, we saw Cinta out there in Ferrix. Yeah, we saw, we saw her. She looks like she's being. It looks like she's being followed. By the way. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And so there's a lot to cover these these next two episodes. Vic's got to. Something's going to ha- have to happen. <sighs> yeah. Wait, yeah. can I ask this? Because the last two episodes are written by Tony Gilroy. Let's make bets. Mm. Oh, man. Midnight Production. Uh, I bet they're going to be very good. <laughs> yeah, no, but here's the thing. He said One Way Out is the best episode of Endor so far. Do you think Tony Gilroy with the last two episodes... That's a good question. ...can top it? Probably. <laughs> I, Probably. I, 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 think if, I think Tony might be like... What? This was all cute. I'm going to put my foot into this shit. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, there's no reason for me to, to, to say that. no. Yeah. 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 Every episode has been better than the last one we saw. So I guess, yeah, let's keep it going. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it, though. I really do. I, I, like, I want to say no, but it, was, it seems silly to do so. Like, I want to say, I really want to be like, come on, man. It can't, there was too much it that can't was in be this better episode. Than this. It can't, but, I don't, but it seems stupid to do that, right? It seems yeah, like-, like every episode has felt like a season finale of a show that we've been watching for all these weeks. Like, I okay, like, here we go. Early, too early Andor rankings real quick. I'm going to ask one of these questions, Steve. One of them? Okay. Which one, if I'm only going to ask one. Wait, because do we want to ask that before we see all of it? Because then we can we could spend the last Andor episode ranking like Clone Wars, Mandalorian. So uh, you know what? Rebels. Let's not jump. Let's do something. Let's do something. We'll hold on, hold off on these. Yeah, because let's let's, okay, let's hold off on that. Let's do something to Midnight Boys never. I'll do. keep these three questions in the pocket though. Keep I'll hold these. On. Yeah, these are really the good. These are really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So our shows, our, our questions that we're gonna do coming up. Is this one of the best shows of the year? I want all of the. The, the mob and the writers out there to think about this. Is this one of the best shows of the year? Number one. Is this the best Star, Star Wars show ever? Guys, just, this is what we do. Just think about it. And then number three, is this one of the best Star Wars things ever? 
That includes Star Wars Galaxies as well. Shout out to all of the Galaxies players back in the day. Well, Galaxies um, is in the yeah. conversation. Uh, so think about that. And we're going to cover that probably, what, you guys think that would be good to do after the finale, maybe? Oh, for sure. Of course, yeah. Of course. Finale? Yes. Yeah. So we got two weeks, then we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that is a wrap for this show. Tomorrow evening, the Midnight Boys will be giving you their instant reactions to Black Penta Wakanda forever. You don't want to miss this podcast. The feather serpent god. To kill him is to risk what, Jummy? Eternal war. (laughs) Friday, the House of R is going to give you a deep dive on episode 10 of Andor. Monday, the House of R returns to give you their deep dive on Wakanda forever. You're not going to want to miss either of those. It's not a full experience until Mal and JoJo and Mal have had their say. Follow the Ringiverse on socials. Those socials are TikTok, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Is there am I missing anything, Jomi? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and someday Mastodon. Someday Mastodon. Zillow. Zillow. Ma- Zillow. LinkedIn. Okay. There you go. All right. We'll figure it out. MySpace if it comes back. MySpace when it comes back. Friendster. If, if, if people were smart, if people were smart, all of you who got who got whipped in the past, you'd be making something new. Because the fascists have taken over. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, credits. Our producer is Steve, the architect, Alma, Jomi, Adineron, explainer on social. Uh, hashtag on Jomgram. I don't know that one. On, on program. program. On, oh! <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. On Joe wow. Graham. <laughs> yeah. I like that. On jo- Everybody on, on Joe jo- Graham. On Joe Graham. On Joe Graham. Joe me, you got to do it. All Joe Graham. On Joe On Joe Graham. Official production from Arjuna Ramgopal. Arjuna R.D. Ramgopal. This has additional production. Charles, <laughs> take us out. Andor is one of the best shows of all time Bon Machma's daughter needs a lot more clout and when we escape this bitch you better know one way out one One way way out out. one One way out I have no problem with it, but I will say that some of the most <laughs> ill-adjusted kids that I knew were, were like the kids that had all of that money. Because we could be over there in the house eating their snacks, like playing like all of the different things, playing arcade cabinets, be like, like, eat, like, why are you over there crying? <laughs> this shit is awesome. Like, what, like, what are you, why are you over there? Like, you know, I haven't seen my dad in three months. He's with his new girl. They went to this, they went Breckenridge. Everybody in Louisiana okay, we, to go we to might be getting a little too real for some people. Just, just listen, well, I'm serious. Like, he went, he took his new wife to Breckenridge. I'm like, man, fuck her. Fuck him too. You got cookies and fucking say in this bitch. I don't give a fuck. That nigga How did love you get me. invited to these houses, man? You was Because too I, was in the, I was in the gifted program. So all of my like I was I went to school with like the governor's son, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. all of my mm-hmm. classmates were were white, and they had these different set of problems. It'd be like I go over to their shit, I'd be like, God damn, you got a motorized scooter. Let's hit the streets with this bitch, and there's no crime in your neighborhood. 
We can ride this motherfucker to like nine. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's oh like we gosh. can ride this bitch all over your neighborhood. They're, they're, they're crying. Like, man, I don't want to talk. My dad and my mom are getting a divorce. Fuck them. <laughs> look what we got. <laughs> man. Come on. Like, look oh what we my got. goodness. Right, like, too, why don't too you big. fucking wake up? The world is your oyster. Like, like you know what I'm saying? I got to go back and the light's going to be cut off in my shit. Like, stop, bitch. <laughs> two bands credit. Two bands credit. Have y'all ever gone over to your white friend's house and you realize they got like a movie theater in their basement? Oh you like, what the fuck is happening, bro? bro it's, like, it's like you go into the living room and it's like, we don't watch movies in here. It's like, where do we watch movies at? We watch movies in the movie room. <laughs> like, Okay, let's go down there. <laughs> Big ass fucking speakers. And they're like, man, your parents are calling. They say they ask what time you want to get picked up. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Tell oh, them this is Silver Spoons now or different strokes. I live here. Wow. You know, shit. But the oh mom God. brings the toastine, the little like piece of shits. I'm yeah. like, bro, this is the Brendan Ayub. Pizza rolls. Uh, shout out to Brendan Ayub. Pizza rolls, Ayub. yeah. Brendan Ayub, his dad was Richard Ayub, the attorney general of the state. Like when I first played GoldenEye, yeah. I go mm-hmm. down there and I'm like, like, what is this game? Oh, this is like this was way before we I was we just go to his crib and just play GoldenEye all the time, doing whatever we want to do. Mom comes down there, asks us what she's doing. Get out, mom. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing down there? What's that smell? Hey! I, my friends are over here embarrassing me. I'm like, yo, this is the this is the shit, dog. This is the best. He <laughs> just told his mom to get out of my fucking business. But Brent, I don't know what Brendan. I don't know what Brendan's up to now. Brendan uh, was an editor, so they, for, these guys for, are doing great. For Charles and Van, was it? I don't know. I don't know where how it went with y'all, but for me, the weirdest part was always like, you meet somebody's parents who were like, oh, oh, man, thank you, Miss Johnson. I'm like, please, please. Call me Melissa. Call me Call Melissa. Me I'm Call, time. Call me Terry. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, what? Call me. Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not Call doing me Terry. That. What do you guys what do you guys want to eat? You want me to run up to like Copeland's and Mike Anderson's and get you guys something? The like one of the best restaurants in town? I know we had we we had that last week. I'm like, nigga, I wasn't here. Go up there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't I, I wasn't here. Yeah, you could do that. You, yeah, they want to, they, they like to come to, and then sometimes like Gray and them, they would like to come to my neighborhood, right? Like to come down there, Gardeer, and like hang out. Like, I want a po' boy from Rainbow. I'm like, yeah, $5 po' boy from Rainbow. Best po' boys ever. I'm like, that's great. Come up here. You can come down here and hang out. I'll go live over here. Then every time you walk up and down the street, niggas will run your pockets left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm telling them I was kind of just, that's definitely post credits. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.